0: Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host, as always, and, and with me, once again, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what is up? I'm happy to be here.
1: I'm just happy to be here. I like to hear with it, you.
0: Man. I like to hear it. With you. <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh... You know, it's another another it's a beautiful day here. A beautiful October, late October day. We really We're just do, uh, we
1: really do have some of the best fall weather. It's so yeah, nice.
0: It's it's definitely true, man. Um so yeah, just a reminder to everyone, you can uh you can listen to this podcast anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you want to wherever you want to check it out. And if since you're listening to it already, I guess you already know that. But if you can share this with anyone or you know, tell your friends, give us a rating or review, we would uh, we would appreciate it. Five stars only, please. Um, you know, we don't want to be known as the best one star podcast in in America, Brandon. So,
1: if you're known as the best of something, yeah, that's, that's true, better man. than the best of nothing.
0: That's true.
1: <laughs> no. Uh see I didn't interrupt you there.
0: I know, I was well, i was watching you to see if you were going to nope, or not.
1: I won't do it. I, I won't like it. do it. It's gotta, it's it's gotta take happening. care of
0: business, man. We've gotta take care of business. Get down to it. Um so yeah, man. Uh get it going then. Yeah, this week, Brandon. Um we're gonna get to, you know, some other stuff too probably here. A little small talk, but this week we have I'm, I'm pretty excited about this guest. You know, I know you just walked in on me editing the the interview uh, a few minutes ago, <laughs> and your uh, you're goodness. like, what, "What are you What are you doing?" No, and you're like, oh, "What do you record this on?" And I was like, uh, "Zoom." And you're like, "Oh, sounds good." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, like I walked in on you on something, bro. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I was uh, editing that up, and uh, so anyway, we uh had the. So what are you doing? <laughs> we so had the. This, uh, I'm just editing this podcast, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we had the uh, one and only Samantha Twining on the podcast uh, this this week, and big time have her on, I guess. And yeah, she is a savage, Brandon. She is a boxer. She's a she has a T twelve, I believe she said. Uh, she's a T twelve paraplegic, and she's trying to get boxing, I guess, put into the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. So, because it's not, there's no governing body for it right now, and uh, they need. Basically, the Paralympics is worried people are going to get hurt. I I would imagine, and so they need to have like a set of rules. They're trying to come up with like, uh, a uniform set of rules for everybody, like every country. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she she's trying to making
1: progress. Did Did you ask about the logistics of
0: boxing and is it's done in a wheelchair? I did. And so she, I was like thinking maybe she was in a sport chair. I mean, I'm sure like as it progresses, they're going to be in like those like lower sport, sport wheelchairs with like the more angled uh, wheels, um, better, well, in a better center of gravity. Um, right. But yeah, it's a, it's interesting, man. And she, she basically like fell into it by, um, like her dad just put up a, a boxing bag and and it's all they,
1: about that reach then huh yeah I, I would wow. imagine
0: um but yeah so she started doing it just to like work out mm-hmm. and then and we even and just t- 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 yeah ah.
1: dip, dip that yeah
0: man. she said she did some uh, uh they would work on like Floyd mayweather and his dad would do these like crazy combos like while well, they, they were um, sparring or whatever yeah and so she started working on those and And so she would do, like, cool stuff like that and not even thinking about, like, actually boxing somebody else. Just using it for training and for balance and, you know, core strength and things like that. So
1: Speaking of boxing, man, I'm really looking forward to uh, Nate Robinson beating Jake Paul's ass.
0: Is that actually happening? I thought Jake Paul got arrested for...
1: Well, one of the Pauls, dude. I don't don't know which one. Maybe it's Logan Paul, but he's... uh, they're 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 gonna box on the undercard for Mike Tyson and Roy
0: Jones. I heard that Mike Tyson. What did Mike Tyson say his goal for that fight was? Like to disable Roy Jones, or it was something <sighs> oh, wild, man.
1: man. And, uh, you know, I'm such a fan of Mike Tyson. Mike dude. Tyson's my guy. I mean, I'm just such a fan of Mike. Like, yeah, uh, as as the uh, the Mike Tyson now, maybe you know who he's become. Yeah, it's just just a very 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 interesting person. Yeah, but you know we got to root for the UW guy, man. Oh yeah, I mean <clears throat> they're Nate on Robinson they're online freak, talking some, some smack to each other, like in the promos. He's they're doing they're going all in on it.
0: That's true, man. That that is true. I'm uh yeah Nate Robinson might be my favorite Husky athlete of all time. Well, he's definitely one of them. Yeah, he's up there. But uh, yeah, man. What well, um, we've met
1: Nate several times uh, because. Um, his kids are around the same age as mine, and so um, whenever you're at a local AAU tournament, like you're gonna run into dudes like Jamal Crawford and Nate Robinson and Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley, like all those guys, they just hang out there, and they're yeah. just—they're very cool.
0: That's cool. We do have a good, uh, very good basketball scene in, yeah. in Western Washington. That was just—it
1: just, it just um, made me think of that because we're talking about boxing. And I know, I know yeah. you go. I know you go to bat for uh, UW. I do, Go man. dogs.
0: Go dogs. Uh, you know, this is our last, our last podcast before uh, November. For the 3rd. year, I think maybe we should take
1: a holiday break
0: Before November third. Um, I mean, well, you we usually don't show up much around the holidays, so that's definitely you're, you're not going to have much. I mean, I'm, we're just
1: gone for the season, dude. Yeah,
0: I don't think that's going to happen, but. Um. Anyway, no, it's the last podcast before uh, the election on November third. So, oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, be just
1: blacking out on that day anyway. So please, it I'm gonna matter. drink
0: this bottle of a uh, Woodenville straight bourbon whiskey. I, I got plan to not pick up my, my birthday, phone till at least so. like
1: ten, like okay, maybe like eight. Yeah. I'm not picking up my phone till eight. Well, so I, I just want to... no, don't don't I'm, I'm not even texting. bringing
0: it up for all that. I'm just bringing it up to say please uh, support Beth Dolio yeah. and. Uh, Michael Stedman yeah. and Denny Heck yeah. in the election. If you live in Washington State in the tenth, I guess tenth congressional district,
1: or all the districts,
0: man, just if yeah, they're on you your don't... ballot. If mark you have them Beth off. Dolio or uh, Michael Stedman's on your ballot, well, and...
1: Beth Dolio would be on the whole Washington State ballot. No, she's running for United States Congress chair. Yeah,
0: that's all. There, there's congressional districts. No oh, she's in the district. She's twenty second yeah. legislative yeah, so district. Okay, twenty second then. That sounds good okay I'm glad we're well informed over here. hey man anyway I just focus on who's on my ballot <laughs> yeah no so a friend of the podcast Kai Bickle Nygard, was filling here. oh man Kaizen Bickle was uh, over here I'm not even calling him that <laughs> Kai Bickle uh, he was over here um, filling out his ballot and uh, well, we don't need to talk about other but well know no I'm the the just ballots, saying man. but like Beth Dolio wasn't even on his uh, on his list. Was well, he from? He's a registered voter in Washington yeah. or California? Yeah, here. I don't know. It was weird, man. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, get out and vote. No matter, I don't, I don't care who you're yeah. voting for. No, as long
1: as you're you're voting, and as long as your vote gets counted.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, I guess if nothing else at this, oh, I, no update on uh, on our guy. Yeah. No. On the. Uh, That's disappointing. On the, yeah, I haven't, I haven't reached back out. You didn't, so. you didn't want to push I was, I was wondering, I was wondering if I should, man. You I were, have a, you ugh. were,
1: you didn't want to. You were feeling bad about maybe, um, catfishing catfish. the catfish back. Ugh. That's what you were doing.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that. But it was, that still is uh, very strange. You've grown uh,
1: into such a um, pushover in your old age, bro.
0: In my old age, man. Only forty-one, Brandon.
1: Yesterday was your
0: birthday. Forty-one yesterday. I shaved my beard off, and uh, Happy birthday, Jay! Did it all. If Thank you're you, man. listening to this podcast.
1: Happy birthday, Jeremy.
0: Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. But send
1: him some birthday love.
0: Yeah, send me some
1: birthday so love. By doing, or you could give him the best present present that you could. He could ask for I'm not subscribing to our podcast. Yeah. And go back
0: and click on all the episodes. for walk, And listen play for to some time.
1: Uh, rate, review, share, all for, for Jay for his birthday. Let's go. Let's get, let's get 25 shares.
0: Let's go. All and right. And
1: 15 more reviews.
0: I appreciate it.
1: You got to have goals.
0: Let's go. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, let's get to uh, Samantha Twining right here hope you guys all enjoy this she's uh oh, oh the other thing she also is like big in uh um uh, like trying to find uh housing for accessible housing which uh which is a problem yeah big problem especially she's in philadelphia it's a big problem there she's like done a lot of uh a lot of pushing um and trying to get the the like her local you know city council stuff like that to to move um you know, push some bills through. She's written some bills. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, man, we need to get her running for running for some sort of office out here soon. So uh, yeah, enjoy Samantha. We'll talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are super excited to talk with Samantha Twining, who is the founder of paraful Mission Incorporated, um, which is a nonprofit organization. Uh, she's an adaptive boxer and a, a boxing coach. And uh, Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for Thank for you. joining me.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to enter the podcast world.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we're happy to have you. This is uh, this is great. I'm glad we were able to make this work out. Um, you know, so I usually start out um, all these interviews by just kind of asking, you know, how, how you were injured, um, kind of the story behind that.
2: Um, well, I was, uh, I was 21. I was, I just got done like a long shift at work. I was working at a restaurant and it was Sunday. Um, I went right from work at the bar to go, uh, meet some friends and um i ended up leaving so it, it was basically it was a car accident um okay. i was 21 and yeah it was it was it was pretty bad they had like three jaws of life and thank god i had one of my friends with me and thank god she you know she made it through luckily there was no permanent injuries uh for her but I ended up paralyzed. I'm T12, or no, T9, T9 uh, Asia A complete, apparently. But it's been 13 years almost, and I just, I, I kind of think my diagnosis has changed uh, a little bit. So I'm not really sure what my diagnosis is anymore, but that's what it was. Um, so yeah, it was a car accident, and I just had to, you know, adapt and figure out how to live my life from there on out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you spend, uh, how long did you spend in rehab after, after
2: your, accident? um, it was February was when the accident happened and I got home May 9th. So it was like February 16th to May 9th. I was in Jefferson in the city, uh, in Philly. Um, and then I went to McGee rehab in Philly and then i was transferred over to brimmar rehab um and yeah i was i was in the hospital for a while in icu but eventually went to rehab and finally made it home
0: wow that yeah it's a a heavy story for all of us i know you know that uh like car accidents or especially the you know i think one of the leading causes of this uh um, I was actually
2: just, I was listening to a video on YouTube. They just made it like three weeks ago and I put a comment up there and it gave statistics of how, like how many people are injured, uh, male and female in a car accident. And then in a shooting, like it shows you the highest percentage. I think it's car accidents. And then, um, I forget, uh, Bikes or oh, diving's one of them. Oh, yeah. um, definitely gun violence. So there was a lot of statistics up there on that video. I just heard it last night.
0: Oh wow! You'll have to check that out for sure. Um, you know, so the the way that I was, I guess, introduced to uh, your story and your um, your boxing and everything was uh, through my brother and co-host Brandon. Uh, I think you had uh, messaged us through our, our Twitter account and. Um, you know, send us your uh, the article that uh, was written about you. I'm blanking on the name of the of who wrote the article now, but um, sports, it was all, I think
2: that was Sports and Spokes.
0: Sports and Spokes, that's what it was. Yeah, which was very cool, and that's a very cool website as well. Um, you know, but I, I had never even I love boxing. Like that's one of my favorite sports, and uh, and yes, yeah, so I was shocked when I heard that there there's adaptive boxing. I thought that was very cool. So you know, tell us how did you i mean were you a big boxing fan before this happened like what how did you get did you box before
2: this happened i did not i was not I, no i i was i spent my time i was partying a lot i had a blast when i was younger before my accident i was not focused on sports at all right um but after uh i think it was like about five years after my car accident. Um, I definitely was feeling it. I was fe- I was in pain. My arms hurt, my body hurt like I couldn't I just was really sore. So I decided to go to rehab. I went back to outpatient rehab and kind of kind of expressed to them what my goals were and what I would like to learn cuz when you're thrown in rehab after after if you're in an accident or a motorcycle or diving and you're paralyzed they put you in rehab and that's one, we're all familiar with it if you have an injury. Um, and it's supposed to be where you learn how to be, you know, in a chair, but you don't know what to expect. You don't even know. I mean, I was 21 years old. I was just like, I just blinked my eyes and all of a sudden I landed here. Like now you expect me to learn to transfer? Like what the hell is a transfer? Like why, yeah. and it's, you're just clueless. But after a while, yeah, I mean, my body was not communicating well. So I learned some exercises to do to stretch the muscles and become stronger because when you're wheeling all the time, you have to have decent upper body strength. Yeah. Um, I, I was unhappy because I gained a bunch of weight, and I just didn't know how to, like, I didn't really know how to, you know, handle it. So I went to rehab, and they did teach me um, some good you know workouts, but from there, doing that really like pumped up my adrenaline, and I felt the uh, benefits of working out. Um, my dad had an old uh, heavy bag and put it up for me in my shed in the shed when he knew I was working out. It was just an option, so I started hitting the bag. I had no idea how to punch really. Um, soon after that he was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away so oh uh that kind of that kind of threw me into like i gotta get my license i gotta like i gotta really move on from this and and do life again um so i was in the car driving and i saw a boxing gym in my neighborhood or in the county um and i called and i made a, an appointment i told him the deal and they were just like yeah come on in it was actually ian um he was the front desk guy at the time and I came in and a guy, Nick was teaching the class, this British guy. They had no idea like what to do um or what, what to get me to work out. But I immediately felt like I, I didn't feel any judgment or any negativity or any like anything. I just felt welcomed and they just quickly grabbed little weights and told me what to do. And I joined the class and, it was fast-paced and fun, and I just went for it. I was hitting the bag, and I really never left the gym from that moment. I became a member. I got sessions to learn how to train, and uh, boxing was it was a it was an MMA gym. It was um, LA Boxing switched over to USC gym, and uh, I just started working out every day, taking classes. Sorry about that. No, I didn't. Uh, when I got a trainer, one of the things that they were doing, we were like, okay, let's let's hit the pads. So he was teaching me, you know, just basic punches, and it it just became a part of the workout. Um, and when I uh, we were messing around, I, I just started working on the Mayweather combos. If you're a boxer, you know, you know. Floyd Mayweather and his, him and his dad would do like these crazy combos and one after another. And, um, that's one of the things, like, I didn't even know who Floyd Mayweather was. I really, Uh I didn't know. Um, so I was doing all this stuff and I guess my trainer just thought it was super cool. So he like, he filmed it and that trainer, he's actually a a YouTube guy. His uh, name's Shane Faison. He, has a flight or a, a channel on YouTube called flight tips. When I met him, he was in the process of, of, you know, growing his channel. Now he's out in LA killing it. And a couple of years ago, I went to his million subscriber party at the YouTube studios. So wow. he went from, we went from just messing around in the gym, um, making stuff up for, for fun, just a way to work out. Uh, to me, actually, Being intrigued with boxing and like learning the R, and then being like super perfectionist about the way I hit and and really anxious to like get punches right, and pretty much proved to everybody I mean, really just proved to myself that I could do the things that everybody else could do except without legs. Like, I started focusing on weightlifting, and I was like a big into um, like lifting a goal weight for like chest. I was really interested in the Paralympics, lifting Paralympics, but Mm. then my hands started to reap the benefits of that. So I just kept boxing. I mean, I trained and trained. Shane ended up going to California to live. Um, Then I got picked up by another one of my friends who's um, a phenomenal boxing coach and an MMA fighter, um, Ryan Cafaro. And we, I mean, we just messed around for years in our sessions. We would box, make up different angles, figure out ways to work out and figure out, figure out what was best um, and most beneficial to me. Our motto was basically figure it out. And we would look online for resources uh, on on, on workouts for people in wheelchairs. And yeah. these guys were phenomenal because they didn't have to like adopt me and do all this extra stuff and learn for me, but they certainly did their research and there really wasn't much out there. Right. Uh, boxing certainly really, <laughs> boxing in a wheelchair, I think we saw one or two videos and that's, that's basically it. Wow. So I didn't ever imagine that I would be the one creating the sport right. but i mean eight years later that's what we're doing and we're trying to organize it um into one governing body in, in different countries i'm working with uh wales or the welsh boxing amateur boxing league um the canadian amateur boxing league and america we have a team of fighters it, once the internet world started to open up a little bit more, we saw in other parts of the country, what other, what other guys were doing in wheelchairs, boxing as well. So there's only a, really a few of us that are out there, but we know it's possible. So we want to grow the sport because I mean, it's so
0: before we get too far down that road, I wanted to, ask like some more, uh, so I'm from, you know, from another person in a wheelchair with a spinal cord injury, I'm wondering like how like balance wise, like, how are you able to, you know, if you throw a punch, like, do you, I I mean, you know, are you in like one of the sport wheelchairs? Like how, how do you, how do you do it? Like what's, what's the, you know, how are you Um, working out with it?
2: Well, that's the trial and error part. <clears throat> Everybody's different. all I'm sure you know there's a million different uh, injuries right. and levels of paralysis. Uh, for me, saying that I would never get AB function back was out of the question. I never I never wanted to believe that, so I got a lower back in my chair. And I started doing whatever ab workouts I could think of doing, leaning back in my chair, um, going side to side, uh, and just, you know, having a weight in my hand, strengthening your obliques and your core is absolutely essential. I do not have a sports wheelchair, no. I just train and work out in my regular chair. and i i mean it's 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 conditioning that's why boxing conditioning and fighters live their life around training right
0: now that makes sense that that's and that's so cool that you were you know i mean you just kind of took it upon yourself like realized what you needed you know that you needed to get that core strength and the and and your you know, your uh, your abs and your, your obliques and all that to, to the point where you could just balance yourself. That's very cool.
2: I mean, I also train, I'm moving. I'm sorry, I'm moving for a minute. No, you're um, doing I also train, years later, I discovered, um, well, I, I started to understand that spinal correction was super important. And there is a <clears throat> there's a program that my, one of my other, Friends found um functional patterns. It's a guy named Naughty Aguilar, and his basis of his workouts and his training is uh spinal correction. So you when you tilt and when you stand straight, whatever imbalances that you have, it's about noticing the imbalances and correcting them from there and figuring out what you can do to correct those imbalances. I have a picture of the way I'm sitting and you can see that my abs from me one way and my torso is another. And um, knowing that is like key. It's super beneficial.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um. So, yeah. So I know we had gone back and forth, like messaging each other. And I was asking you a few questions about, about the boxing and stuff. And so it, is it, there it's not sanctioned right now in the paralympics is that right no
2: it's not it's not sanctioned in the paralympics uh it's not sanctioned at all
0: okay it w- um, w- wasn't there like a couple countries in europe or somewhere that they are allowing it or is that not was that i read that wrong
2: well a couple like we went out to canada i went out um it was myself and two other guys from the uk and we were hosted by a boxing gym who also has non-profit and they want to they were the same mission they have some clients and they were like well, why can't we get this rolling like why can't you know we have people in wheelchairs box at the same time so we all flew out there and spent a week out there and just learned with each other uh they had a fight that was a charity event and you call it a showcase it's not the fight doesn't count um whereas once we get it sanctioned, the fight is going to count. Um, Fifty states are all going to have to approve it. Like I'm going to have to work with the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission um, and give them our rules and guidelines. Uh, we, I think, New Hampshire is sanctioned in a certain rule and guideline. Um, written by uh, another one of our teammates, uh, Ian Cannon. He developed, he's got cerebral palsy and he developed um, a way to fight and New Hampshire sanction that. So we're gonna take what he wrote and then combine it with what we all have to say and then work with UK and Canada and uh there's other countries Africa um, uh, I think Russia and Germany all have we all have contacts with each other, so we're all trying to like be in one group and collectively write rules and regulations so that we can present the rules and regulations as a governing body to the Paralympic committee um so then we could you know get this thing rolling like we have to get it state by state we have to get it in each country we have to get it we have to convince the usa boxing and the international boxing federation all that we can do this and then they have to be able to have our back when we approach the paralympic committee there's a lot of steps we have to take but um if we work together as a team collectively I don't see why, you know, we can't make that happen.
0: No, that, I mean, that, that's very cool that everybody's working together like that and trying to come up with one, uh, yeah, you know, yes. one streamlined set of rules for everyone. Um, what, you know, I guess, what is the, the hope, the expectation? Like, when do you, I know, like, the, the, the Paralympics are always right after the, the Olympics. Um, is that right? Or are they on different years? I don't even
2: know. I think you're right. Yeah, so there's going to be Paralympics
0: next year then after or if, as long as it's able to go on with COVID the way it is. But um, so are you trying to have it for the following Olympics? Is that the
2: the ultimate goal is to have it in the Paralympics at the next round? I mean, to be honest, I don't really have a goal yet because this thing is so much bigger than just us rushing to the finish line to get there. I have worked closely with, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, professors. Uh, they've just, I've, I've watched, um, that sport and they go by belt ranking. And it's not about getting, getting to the win of a black belt. It's about the process. So I have to respect that process and intertwine it with what we're doing because, um, I don't know. Life happens. Like we didn't expect COVID to happen. Right. But that is completely, you know, slamming what we had planned to do. And, uh, a goal then would have been 2022 or 2021, uh, whichever the whatever comes next. Um, but this getting in the way, it's a, a little bit more difficult to make that happen. Um, we, I wanted to do a showcase and bring a lot of U.S. fighters together and host them in Philly and have a whole weekend of training with the uh, connections I have and the wonderful coaches and people and teammates that I have out here. Uh, I wanted to host a special weekend for all of us to get together, all of us to train, and kind of show what that takes uh, to be a fighter. Um, and then be able to show, maybe show the Paralympics that you know this is how we train, this is what we do, because they were actually on board. They that was actually their idea for me to do something like that. So but um, that would
0: be very cool. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can get that um, off the ground here as they start, you know, easing up restrictions on, on gatherings and stuff in the near future.
2: Yeah, I mean that's why it's like a slow process. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, as long as we can get the rules and the guidelines together, I mean, ho- uh, my hope is that it happens sooner than later, but uh, I, I just, I want it to be good. I want it, I want them to, you know, approve us and take us seriously because they're worried about the danger in the sport. And a lot of people say that to me, like, how can you box in a wheelchair? That's dangerous. But, uh, it's not
0: as yeah. dangerous
2: as people would think because, you know, we're going to go by a point system. And that, so, and, and in the Olympics, uh,
0: they wear head, I mean, in, in Olympics, the, the normal Olympics, they wear headgear, right? And for boxing, don't they? Or I don't know, maybe. Yeah, they,
2: they do. They have a. They so have.
0: do you wear, do you wear headgear then when you're, when you're sparring and stuff or do you guys uh, go without it?
2: Uh, I mean, I, if we're training with a coach, then I wouldn't wear. But yeah, I mean, if you're sparring, if I was sparring with a with a, another teammate and we were really getting into it, yeah, I would definitely put on headgear. But yeah. you know, in the training session, I, I'm not too serious about that. But yes, if we're right. going to be in the ring uh, fighting, the headgear will count for something. I yeah. I assume I'm more of a I'm more of an MMA fan. So I don't really watch and potentially just boxing, although I probably should, but um, that's what introduced me. Like, I, I just love the world of mixed martial arts. I see. Yeah, that's, that's very cool.
0: That's it. I, I, I enjoy that, too. Um, so I was going to say, I, I read in um, that article that your, I guess your goal is to have kind of Philadelphia be the, a training center for the paralympic or like the US paralympic boxing team like eventually when you are able to get it um like what are your what are your goals for that
2: well i just think it would be really cool because obviously philadelphia it, it it's um you know known for boxing but yeah. we have actually guys in new york and new england area um Boston and Jersey and Philadelphia, a lot of, of guys are on the um, East Coast, like this side of the East Coast. So I've, it's not just you know the Philly area, it's, it's really all of us, which is kind of cool to see. I don't know why that, that's the statistic really, is from what I can see, but a lot of the um, adaptive boxers are from this side of the country, at least that I've seen. Yeah, um, so, but I mean I wanted to bring them I want to bring them to what I know we have phenomenal we have phenomenal fighters that come from Philadelphia and and New Jersey as well that's where my coach is from um, we have the balance gyms here we have uh, I have a house of arts uh, it's a martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu a school that my friends all you know started so it's that's like a home to me, and then there's the UFC gym, and then we have Delco Boxing Gym, and then we have obviously the Rocky uh, story. People, you know, want to come see that statue, so we could go to see that statue. We could go, you know, train around the Art Museum and make it a fun, uh, fun place to work out and like train together. Uh, I, I would like. I mean, obviously, I would like to see the Philadelphia area um sanction at first I I think it would be super cool to have the first sanctioned fight at least where I am I mean it's it, it's you know Philly's known for boxing but I also am from around here and that's what I'm passionate about so why would I want it anywhere else
0: yeah that's very very cool um so are we you
2: phenomenal trainers around here so yeah I just
0: yeah, I know Bernard Hopkins is from there too, right? And I always uh, that was always one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, are, and our our so is your hopes that you're going to be able to fight in the first sanctioned uh, boxing match?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, I get yeah. I mean, I would, I would probably be like I said in the article. I'd probably be. Super jealous when it came time. If I was like as a referee, or if I was sitting at the sidelines, I, I would probably be like, "Man, I should have been up there." <laughs> um, but I also am. I enjoy business. I enjoy um, creating situations and events. Uh, it's something I love to do. So I want to be in control of that. Yeah. Um, so I, admit, I don't know. I I would, I guess, I mean, I guess I could say I would want to, if we could find a matchup for me, then I would, I would do it.
0: So you're more, uh, you want to be more like the Don King of, uh, of adaptive boxing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I want to be the person who helped create it. Yeah. That's, the that's amazing. That's and What amazing. I'm doing with other colleagues from the different countries that we're working with. So no, this I mean, is so.
0: This is so cool, Samantha. I'm so glad you got the, you know, had this idea to to start, you know, just going after this. Uh, I mean, and like the the fact that it started from just, uh, you know, you wanting to work out and get some, you know, get some exercise to to turning yeah. into what it is now. This is it's a beautiful thing for sure.
2: Yeah, I would love to see, like, especially young kids if they're in chairs. I mean, it's a pretty badass sport. Yeah, I mean, it's it's empowering. It gave me a lot of confidence, and uh, it it just the training uh, really just made my life better. So, I mean, there's a lot of young kids out there that could do this, and it would. Being in a wheelchair, I don't even know how they go through school. I mean, I went through school able-bodied, but. it just—I feel like it would bring a lot of confidence and um, structure to other other lives uh, yeah. from the gate. So I mean, that's why I'm so not that. That's why I'm like, I'm not so pushy with it because uh, I want it done and I want it done the right way, yeah, and I yeah. want it done the right way so it exists for years and years and years. So, yeah, I it mean, makes I a lot of that. sense makes a lot
0: of sense. Um, you know, so I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit we have talked um through email and stuff about um like affordable housing and especially for people dealing with disabilities uh, accessible housing i guess more than affordable housing um you know and i know that's a, a real passion of yours a passion of mine as well um and you're doing some awesome things with that out there in in pennsylvania so you know talk to us a little bit you know like um you know, what's the, what's the, the goal of, of, um, I know you, you've even like helped write a bill that you're trying to get pushed through. Is that right?
2: I mean, um, I'm trying to write to whoever will listen. And as much as I appreciate, you know, the confidence that you have, I don't feel like they are listening. I don't feel like our elected officials have, this as an agenda um we are a very small group of people but there are still out there um and i have found that after over a decade of living like this there is philadelphia is is, is better with it the county but delaware county where i live is borderline illegally operating as far as accessibility. I mean, even the streets, like I just seeing that there's an extra, I think uh, last year I saw a Facebook post from the county saying, oh, the extra $5 million in the budget is going to uh, tax breaks or something. There's five million dollars extra, and the sidewalks are difficult. The all uh, the shopping centers aren't up to code, and there's no housing at all. Like,
0: that's crazy. In,
2: in a business mind, I'm like, okay, we'll separate it. Why don't you take some of that money and give apartment complexes a couple dollars to transform their first floors into, you know, a better bathroom or better. I just, like ideas start flowing through my brain and, and I just can't fathom why no one else would think that that was the moral responsibility in your community. Like, okay. also we've had like a war in the past 15 years. So, I mean, it, it should be considered at least a little bit. And it, it's mind blowing that I, I am trying and I am professionally participating in these conversations and I'm not being heard. It's absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. You know, from the, the stuff that you sent me uh, to kind of read up on on what you've been working on, as far as this goes, it seems like, yeah, you've had, you know, you've really like gone out there and, and put yourself out there trying to advocate for, for, Everybody that's dealing with this situation, you know, to get to get some more um, affordable, accessible housing, and you know, I know that, and it's not just that either. You you, like you said, like the sidewalks are messed up, or like there's no public transportation, or or like maybe the the buses aren't aren't able to, you know, for you, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, that makes a lot of sense. And out here, you know, in, in Washington State, we're super liberal out here, and so a lot of, I think we have probably better situations maybe than you guys do out there. But I didn't even think about, uh, I got lucky when I got in my car accident. Um, it was someone else's was at fault. And so I was able to get a chunk of money and like buy the house that me and my family lived in and have it renovated. So I've never had to worry about finding a, a, an accessible apartment or you
2: know, anything like that. That's a situation for a lot of people. And I mean, that's good for them. But, that, but then there's a lot of people that it isn't. I mean, right. there's a lot, especially a lot of motorcycle ATV accidents, because those accidents are mostly deemed your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a few of guys who have gotten injured that way. Uh, so they didn't get a chunk of money. Like I didn't get it. It's not, but even though you got a chunk of money, like what happens if, you know, that all runs out and, or you want to go somewhere else? Like uh, even the restaurant, there's a new restaurant in my town that I went to dinner at and it was mind blowing that it was a, this place used to be a bar that I was, it wasn't not accessible, but it was a old school pub and it made fit like it it, you know it it, it was okay enough for me to go there and enjoy myself and now it's a restaurant that was just built and like the tables going to the bathroom i had to like literally ask people to get up and and move the table over for me just to go to the bathroom and they didn't even know what to say. It's right. why are you well, operating they, like that? And yeah. that's the fault of code enforcement. That's the fault of the county's code enforcement not following up to wheelchair code, not ADA code. ADA compliant is not a hundred percent for a person in a wheelchair. Right. All the it's time.
0: Very. It's very minimal. Like you had me- Yeah. Like you had mentioned. It's. I mean, ADA is is great that they have that but it you know for an apartment it is like what a handrail in the bathroom and maybe right. like a little wider yeah. or something but yeah it just doesn't like really really provide you what you need and and yeah no i i completely understand you know like i yeah i'm worried like if i if something ever happens the economy crashes whatever i have to sell my house and like yeah where am i going to go then you know i'm gonna have to worry about all of this stuff too so i mean If it's affecting anybody in our situation, it should be affecting all of us. And we should all be uh, really, really, uh, you know, going after after these problems. So, um, you know, what uh, I guess, what is your goal with with, um, you know, trying to reach out to to your local local uh, elected officials to um you know are, are you just trying to get i know it, it sounded a little bit like you're trying to get section eight housing separated from accessible housing because that's like a big issue right and they they seem to jump uh,
2: i mean, yeah like if i wanted to if i if i was a person when i was a person really who didn't uh, i'm lucky because a lot of my friends built this beautiful apartment For me, uh, at my parents' house, it was a two and a half car garage. I have a lot of friends in different trades and um, a couple, one one angel of a friend, a family friend, he spent countless hours making this a home for me, Uh, but not everybody has this. And even before this was done, I lived upstairs in my living room with uh, bed sheets, around the walls as a room, and there was no bathroom. So I had to like wash my hair in the sink. Um, And and this was all before my apartment was actually built and finished, because I came home before that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I had to live in a a hospital bed upstairs in a, a living room that wasn't homey, because it was a living room. And it was one of those living rooms that like you don't go into because it has like the nice furniture and whatever. So it was, it was not great. Um, Mm -hmm. And having bed sheets, like I remember laying in bed and there was a point where I remembered, I knew, I knew who was coming up and down the stairs by the sound of their feet because I heard it all the time. Like I just, I knew.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And then I
2: finally moved downstairs. but. I mean, if I didn't have somebody to build this, then God, I don't even know what would have happened. So I would love, at the end of the day, I, I just, I want to change how they are encouraging spinal cord injury patients to recover. And I would love to be a resource in the rehabs and a choice that people had, because lots of people also, they can't go home. They have to go to a, a nursing home. Right. A lot of people are my age, like in their 20s and 30s, and they end up in a, a freaking nursing home where they're not even allowed out to participate in the community because there's certain rules. You're not allowed out. Right. So they have to go by the rules of, of a nursing home. And, I mean, that's absurd to me. Like, how demeaning... Like I can't even, that is, that is so absolutely devastating that people have to go through that. Yeah. So I would like to be a resource after, I mean, living outside of Philly, there, this is a, there's a lot of hospitals for spinal cord injuries. So I think there would probably be, it wouldn't be hard to fill a building. Um, And I I just want to be an option. Like, okay, let's put you in a transitional house. Like we're going to learn, For real how to be in the community like you know here let's make a garden let's figure out your trade and you know what we can do with you in a chair uh let's see what resources are available so that you can can afford to buy a house one day and not get yourself caught up as the burden on your family for the rest of your life like that's it's very difficult to go through and People need options. Right. So, and, you know, it's, it's so nice. Like, I, I, I'm kind of
0: in a similar situation as you where I have friends that know how to do all these different things. So they were able to really, like, make my house very livable for me and uh, between friends and family. But at the same time, it's like, why, you know. You're, you know you don't you shouldn't always have to depend on your friends and family when something happens it's you know it's not your fault
2: that you got in a car accident. it's the meaning it really is it's it makes you feel like shit yeah. so you don't know, I don't want other people to feel that way like I want people to know and like I, w- I would add a gym like I just I want to be a I want to be an option I'm a problem solver I like to solve problems I mean my own life is kind of chaos but that's whatever. <laughs> But like, okay, if there's an issue, let's tackle it and figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there's going to be burdens and hurdles, but the way that we're, ha- we're the way that the spinal cord injury community is being um, taught to recover is not at all encouraging. And it's infuriating. With all the stuff that I know about the fitness world and, and spinal education, I didn't know a damn thing. And just knowing how to correct my spine has brought feeling back to an eight year, complete paraplegic. That's so amazing. I didn't even think that getting function back was an option. I just kind of was like, all right, it's it's over. Right. But once I started figuring out how to correct my spine, I was like, wait a minute, could I have done this the whole time? Could I have done this the whole time if I had a little bit of encouragement? And I've tested both of the doctors around here that if you Google Philly spinal cord injury, they would come up. And I've, I've purposely tested what they would say in a situation where I already knew the answer to, and the answer is medication, and the answer is it's just phantom pain. Right. And what I tell them is you're ruining the lives of everybody that comes in contact with you. So step out of the way and stop it. I mean, yeah. giving I hope is one thing. Doctors can't be like, yes, you'll walk again, but certainly don't say, it, you know, oh, it's never gonna happen. I had an argument with a nurse practitioner and I mean, it's the same thing, like it's infuriating.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely understand where you're coming from. I feel the same way. I've, I've had the same thing happen and yeah, it's just, you can't, I, I don't know. I don't trust the doctors when it comes to, you know, they, there's no, they don't have infinite knowledge and they don't know
2: what, well, and the, what the is possible. Such a, yeah. That's the thing. You, you don't know what the body is possible of doing. So it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of, you know, you know, don't give up. Right. We don't know all the answers. If the pride could move out of the way a little bit, and I am speaking to nurses and doctors and everybody in that field, when I say that the books don't determine your knowledge and at 10 years post injury, I will no longer tolerate being told that they know better from their education because I have a doctorate in this. I've lived with it for a very long time. So whatever I've I'm the way that I've been treated in hospitals, the lack of accessibility, the 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 ego is atrocious. So now what I do is press record on my phone and let them say whatever they want to say. But in times like this, I will put that Put it out on the table because I've, I've, I'm not doing this anymore. I love it. I love it, Samantha.
0: Um, You know, and I think I I told you before we started recording. I think you, uh, we need to get you to run for office and and get some of these changes enacted, especially with the housing, uh, accessible housing uh, ideas you have. I think are are outstanding. So I think we could do a lot.
2: Learn a little bit more about politics first, but. (laughs) I'm like, it's probably um, the worst thing you could do.
0: Actually, it's probably better to be in it without, no, you know, without uh, being jaded. I don't
2: know. If they're not listening to me, it's a real big pain in the ass. So maybe one day I will, but I just don't have all the knowledge yet. So trust me, I've the last two years I've been really uh, learning more about the political system and, um, yeah, things need to change big time
0: yeah well samantha twining i appreciate your time this has been amazing i really um i'm sure everybody that listens is gonna get a kick out of hearing about you know adaptive boxing and well, i'm
2: sorry i kind of ramble there's so much to talk about oh so. no it's it's great that's I, that's what this is all about i want to
0: hear you know we, we're trying to, to let people kind of tell their story and and you know, go see where it goes. So um, do you want to tell us um, like your website and your, your social media? I'll link it all to the web, to the podcast as well, but yeah, go ahead and tell us about your website. Okay, you, and your, can check the- out,
2: um, you can check out the nonprofit website. It's kind of just, I'm building it and I'm kind of building it day by day. Um, but uh, basically it's going to be a resource for uh, other people. Um, with uh, different links to how they can adapt, so uh, kind of like encyclopedia for people with uh, spinal cord injuries. So it's powerfulmission.org, p-a-r-a-f-u-l-mission.org, and my uh, my Instagram is Samantha S-a-m-a-n-t-h nine one nine, and uh, my <clears throat> the nonprofit and myself personally are both. On Facebook um, so yeah you can click on click on those links hopefully more content will be delivered soon I'm not great with filming myself um, but check wait for the adaptive boxing stuff to slowly come out because <clears throat> any American athlete who want to learn and be a part of the sport we would love to have um, it's just about creating a team so there's going to be forms to fill out on that. So just, you know, keep your eye out and uh, just stay tuned. Wait for it.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, like I said, I'll link all of that to the podcast and uh, yeah, thank you so much. I hope anybody reaches out to Samantha um, over social media or through her website and we can, uh, yeah, like help her get this thing off the ground.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, it, was, it was my pleasure. I had a great conversation. Thanks
0: so much, Samantha. Talk have to a you. good
2: night. Yeah,
0: you too. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That was Samantha. Again, I want to thank her for uh, taking some time out of her schedule to, to join me on the podcast and talk a little bit about uh, accessible housing and, and some of the issues facing people looking for that right now. And, you know, Brandon, I told her and also the boxing situation. But Brandon, I I talked to her a little bit in there about, you know, how I mean, I'm I'm legitimately lucky in my situation because I got in a car accident. We had bought the beer or the alcohol we had drank that night from like a knowing salesperson at a convenience store. And we were able to sue them. And I was able to get a. A decent settlement i mean not a lot of money but enough to to buy to my house and in. to buy a house and to uh to buy a vehicle to get around in mm-hmm. which can be another big issue i mean there's public transportation when you are in a wheelchair sucks man so
1: Ooh. um i
0: remember man remember
1: when we used to have to take the bus up oh and tell man like, um, good samaritans and, uh or yeah, it was not
0: not a fun not a fun time. Especially now,
1: man. I mean, think if you had to use public transportation now uh, during a pandemic, Ugh, it was dangerous.
0: Just terrible, man. So yeah, um, and she's you know that's kind of like her. It's all encompassing what she's working on. So I definitely um, you know check out Samantha. We'll post all of her uh, we, social we media need links.
1: More, we need, definitely need more uh, places for living and also accessibility and transportation. All those three are very, very important. It's true, man. Lack lack a
0: lot. And you know, like, Washington State is so, like, we're really good with all that sort of stuff. But I remember, you know, when I got injured in 1998 and trying to come back to to our high school and there's doubled, remember there was like, there's two sets of doors to get into the front of the school and there was no Well, there was no, uh, yeah, there was no way to get through there, and uh, there was no, there was no automatic door anyway, so you'd have to have one person hold the door open, you'd have to go into, like, the first, like, you know, barely fit into the first, like, in between the two sets of doors, and somebody have to come around you and open the next set, unless somebody saw you from inside, so... Um, luckily my dad threatened to sue the school if they didn't get that resolved and yeah. so i don't yeah. think yeah, i didn't benefit from it but at least I now it is would
1: get things done man yeah he
0: didn't mess around That's so for sure.
1: With Mark Dixon, man.
0: yeah no doubt um yeah he was a good good guy um it's actually his birthday coming up the you day before that, the man. election man so it uh, would have been his like 64th birthday it's crazy man um time flies dude uh But yeah, I was gonna say, Brandon. Like, what? You are hella
1: old, bro.
0: Man, get out of here. (laughs) You're not far behind me, bro. I'm pretty sure you have more gray hairs than me, too. Shoot. But you also have two kids and a wife that probably give you those. That's facts. (laughs) Um,
1: we we me and Jay though we're young at heart, and we know that in 2020, and we talked about this a lot on many, many, many a podcast that, um, the. the science of aging is changing rapidly mm-hmm. and you just you know it's it can become a mindset um and you know you don't have to just um, fold over and uh, get old like you know like well the that's way. the thing
0: man like I still feel like I'm 20 years well, old you don't or whatever old either, and, man. It's but like, well so I still feel like I'm probably like 20 or you know, like wow. mentally I'm like 15 but I'm like did the like did our parents feel it just seemed like, like when they, they were forty? So yeah, they seem so old, man. I'm like, damn, did, yeah did did they feel young
1: still? I mean, I don't know, like when whenever it is that you feel like you're old, I wonder what that day is where you're just like, man, I'm I'm not a kid anymore, but maybe you just always feel. Like I mean,
0: black. shit, you were like you could barely walk because you had busted hamstrings like six months ago. That's,
1: that was a big reason also why, you know, I decided to take all my personal health much more seriously anyway. Right. Uh, because, you know, you do feel yourself breaking down a little bit regardless of, you know, um, some sometimes it happens quicker for other people depending on their level of physical activity or maybe some people have done X, X amount of physical activity and that's contributed to it. But you can certainly... Um. Take care of your body, and it will help. Yeah, the whole no process doubt. of aging in general.
0: And that's what we're all about here. And so that brings us to who we're. It's quality of life, Jeremy. That's next,
1: all it really is. We're gonna get old regardless. Yeah. It's just like how how am I gonna feel when I'm sixty or seventy? Right.
0: I prefer to be able to still feel you know good. Right. Time is undefeated, bro. Facts. Um. But speaking of of living healthy, um. I just our next podcast we're on a roll right now, oh, Brandon. Have, first of all. Um yeah, friend of the podcast, Sita Simonette, who came over, I, I think I talked a little bit on a couple of episodes ago. She came over and gave me an acupuncture treatment, which was amazing. I've never had no, anything like it's that.
1: A, it's a it's just a mind blowing
0: have you done that before? I have. Yeah, and so she like my shoulder felt a million it, times better. It's crazy. just like now. Like it was it like a couple back, weeks man, ago. But
1: like it will literally kill something like especially pain immediately during it and after it yeah it's like a, it's just a strained, strange phenomenon yeah
0: and so then she also because i know i've talked a little bit on here about how i'm trying to get off completely of this baclofen which mm. is a muscle relaxer for muscle spasms um which are terrible and i'm like i'm only taking half the dose i am prescribed to take which is pretty big to be able to get down that far, but I'm trying to get off of it. So she gave me the, she's a, so Sita Simonette is who did the acupuncture. She is a Chinese health expert uh-huh. and acupuncturist. And I think she has a master's she's in both. A yeah, she's a doctor I'm of Chinese medicine. Yeah. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine. So um, she, we entered, did a quick interview for the podcast last week, but she has me on. Um, I haven't started it yet. Cause I didn't, I just, I'm going to take start taking it tomorrow um, This bottle of I don't even know what I forget what the two herbs are That she combined Or that you were combined together crazy, I yeah. forget what it was now um, But yeah So that I'm, I'm anxious to see how that goes And then we're going to have Sita on this podcast Next week mm-hmm. And then we got some big things Lined up after that Man, too don't But don't mm, much. Yeah But Brandon So I have two things More to say Say them Number one if I message this guy back, do I just say, yeah, you can feed me? If I come to – if I come to uh, – what do you call it? Uh, Columbus, Ohio, next hockey season, if COVID is over, um, you can definitely feed me, bud. Or – Okay, well, what's option I mean, no, that's like, – I'm just saying, like, what do I say in that situation?
1: Uh, well, you – you have to let that
0: and if there's together. a if there's a phone ringing right now i apologize on the podcast i'm all not right, sure if it's picking that up or not i don't think it is um but anyway yeah like what do you even say to that brandon um that's a good question but that's I weird that's really really freaking weird
1: well i mean it all starts with offer extending that olive branch <laughs> of of food
0: to
1: mouth, okay. <laughs> we won't know how that that oh, man. until until you did that. But you that's, know, that's weird. Not to you, man. I mean, that's
0: really weird. Anyway, my other thing, I don't. Yeah, we don't need to go any further down this road, I don't think. But the other thing is uh, that our our mutual friend Mark Rails has been listening to this podcast, and he's like, he's offended that I keep calling you the co-host of the year.
1: Oh, he was man he was he was a super dope fill in that one week
0: well he didn't end up i don't think we even ended up posting that but you know what though it's there that's the uh that's the the diss track that's an epic brandon diss track that uh, it out, man. we I might have care. to might have to throw it on the front of the podcast you're trying to get it, i mean if you're trying to get ratings bro <laughs> throw it out uh, anyway yeah so he wants I me just to... Need to know if you're team brandon or team mark I mean, I'm team everybody, man. It's all love. We'll see about that. <laughs> anyway, thanks again to uh, Samantha Twining for, for joining us on the podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview, and uh, we will definitely be back next week with, uh, with a great, great show uh, with Cida Simonette. So, talk to you all soon.